Okay, I think we're going to get uh, started today. My name is Fran Stoddard. I'm with the Orton Family Foundation, and you have joined the Citizens Institute on Rural Design, or CIRD, call. Um, this is on the Community-Centered Project Design, um, RFP. It's a conference call hosted by the Orton Family Foundation and Community Matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Citizens Institute for Rural Design is, I think, as you all know, but I've been asked to repeat, a national endowment for the Arts Leadership Initiative in partnership with U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Project for Public Spaces, along with the Orton Family Foundation and Community Matters. This is the last and, and very open office hours uh, call to provide last-minute information about this program and help you uh, develop those very strong applications. Of course, the application is due next Tuesday, March 5th, so uh, it's not that far off. On the line is Cynthia um, Nikitin from the Project for Public Spaces. She is our expert on this, and she is there to answer all your questions. She has already answered a lot of your questions on the Google Doc, but we are probably going to run through those um, uh, because they're, it's terrific information, but you can go to the Google Doc and they will be there. The answers are there. Uh, people can actually even add notes to them. We are going to keep this line open uh, throughout the hour. Uh, we encourage you to continue to submit questions um, if you want. Uh, we also, if you're having trouble with the Google Doc, you can uh, email Caitlin. We do not have the Community Matters um, line up today, which you might have seen in your material. But you can, and I'll repeat this later, but um, it's chorose, C-H-O-R-O-S-E, at Orton.org, Orton, O-R-T-O-N dot org, if you're having trouble with the Google Docs. Um, usually the Google Doc will work for under 50 people, uh, but if we do get a lot and you're having trouble with it, if you could just log off of that and then or try hitting refresh to get back on, that would be great. If you're having any audio problems, just dial zero to reach the operator, and uh, we're probably working on it anyway. What makes these calls work really well is to put yourself on mute while we're having these discussions by pressing star six. And if you want to ask a question, just get off of mute by pressing pound six, and then you can join the conversation and ask a question. So that's going to make it run smoothly uh, with this many people on the line. Putting yourself on mute is always helpful. Um, if this is the first time um, on a call, you might be unfamiliar with Google Docs. Uh, it's a shared online document for note-taking and questions. You've received the link in your information. Just open uh, that in your browser, and uh, we'll be adding notes. You can uh, feel free to add your own notes. You can also skim through the questions and see if some things have been already answered. So we're going to—we're probably going to summarize uh, what's on there in just a minute. I think that's mainly it. We also want to encourage you to share your wisdom and examples. Um, if you have any uh, thoughts about that, um, if there is something, advice, as well as questions, they are welcome. So, again, welcome to everybody. I'm Fran from the Orton Family Foundation, and uh, I thought we, we might get right to some of the questions. Um, so let's start with the application and selection process, which is pretty popular. Uh, 
the first one up is um, someone recently completed, this is Susan actually from North Carolina, completed an NEA R-Town application that had many partners, including two counties and three towns. Uh, the application only has room for two partners, according to her, in addition to the applicant. Um, how do we handle it if we want to have more? Cynthia. Well, actually, we, we left space for three. Um, if you look at the application form, there's space for three partners. Um, I think you can also take those questions and add it as a Word document if you wanted to add more partners. If you only put in three partners and you have six, that's okay. Um, if, you know, if you can't find a, a way to add more, we, the idea is that you've got partners, you know, and if you've got two or three or seven, that's, that's all terrific. That's the most important um, part of it. So perhaps I think the other piece is that if you have more than three key partners, there might be an issue with managing all of those folks if they're all equally important. So we think two or three partners is a good number to show, A, that you've got support, you've got a broad-based coalition, and you're not herding cats. You know, you're not looking at managing a team with, you know, seven organizations, which, or something like that, which can be unwieldy. So I think uh, two to three is, is a really good number in terms of collaboration and also manageability, at least from my own personal experience. Um, with managing projects. Great advice. Um, people are also wondering what the competition is. Uh, how many communities have competed in a single round for um, these workshop grants? Yeah, in the past, um, it's really ranged, but I think looking at like 20 to 30 um, has been sort of the average. We have rebranded the program this year. We now have a, a social media uh, presence. We've got a new website. We've been really reaching out to a really broad audience, so we anticipate that the competition may be a bit tougher and that there will be more people applying this year than in the past, but we don't really know. We're kind of throwing open the doors to kind of see what what happens, who we bring in. Um, and as the program has been going on, you know, for, for quite a long time, for over 20 years, um, we're hoping that folks that were not successful this round, we'll try again next year because we're, there's going to be a next year. Um, it's, it's meant to also, you know, have a capacity building part to it so um, that there's an opportunity for people to kind of get their coalitions together and continue to kind of work together in anticipation of doing the application uh, next year. And, and Cynthia, you were uh, speaking uh, earlier before the call officially started uh, that there will be next year. Yes, there will be next year. Um, okay. For this um, program. I'm going to ask uh, one more question uh, from the Google Docs, and then we'll open it up in case someone uh, needs to get off the call, and uh, we'll come back to this list. Um, let me see. Marissa from Montana has a pretty... Um, exacting question about wondering if you can give some examples about what question five in section four, um, she's looking for examples of that, the supplemental materials in the application. What are you looking for? What kind of documents, sample reports, or work products uh, do you um, think folks should provide? Part of it, 
part of the, the reasoning behind that question is we want to know what you've already been doing and thinking about. Um, so with, with any sort of planning project before you walk in the door and start talking to folks and, and, and working through issues, you want to know what they've already done, what's underway, what's planned, um, you know, sort of what's the lay of the land, I guess, is what we're trying to get a sense of um, in terms of any sort of master plan updates you've done or um, special area plans or urban design guidelines or rural design guidelines, um, projects that are underway, you know, the adaptive reuse of a major building or potential a redevelopment of an area, kind of what's happening in your community to give us um, sort of a framework and context and a background to work forward from. So in some ways it's not as much about what have you done, what kind of reports have you written, how much have you documented things. That's part of it. Um, we also want to know kind of what else is happening, what are the moving parts, what are the things that are important that we are aware of. Um, in order to be most effective to help you. So if you've got a master plan update or you've got, you know, you're doing a scenic byway designation with seven other communities and you've got a plan for the scenic byway, we should we see that. We want to know kind of what's happening, what's relevant, where your current thinking is, what projects are planned or underway, and because those are also potential opportunities um, for us to leverage or um, potential uh, source of resources to leverage onto. So um, part of it is kind of what have you been up to lately and, and what can you tell us about the kind of thinking and work you've already been doing and then also what is it that we need to know before we get there to be able to be most effective in helping shape the technical workshop so it's most of use to you. Um, and who are these other partners, you know, who are these other folks that have been doing this kind of work and writing and thinking and, and planning and initiatives, and are they potential collaborators as well? So that's, that's kind of how I perceive it. It's not, we're not grading you on the number of reports you've written. Um, it's more to kind of find out what's relevant, what's important, and what are, the, what are the issues that you would like us to know about and information you would like us to have as background going forward um, as well. Terrific. Thank you, Cynthia. Um, if folks have a, have a burning question or a follow-up to any of these and you want to take yourself off mute, you can do that and uh, let, let us know at, a, at an opportune time, um, and you can go ahead and ask some questions. Um, I'll give a little bit of short pause here to see if anybody wants to do that. It would uh, to take yourself off mute. It is pound six. And otherwise, we'll continue to go through these Google Doc questions because this is great. And you can also add to the Google Docs questions um, uh, through, throughout this hour. Anybody have a follow-up? Yes? Speak up. Judy McCallum from Everardo County, California. Hi, Judy. Go ahead. Hi. I'm relatively new to the website and to the process. Very excited by it. I would love to get my hands on sample successful applications, if that's possible. And is that on the website, or, or is it available to uh, new applicants? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's not available, and in fact, we, PPS and Orton, who are now running this, only have four from 20 years. Um, 
previous applications, we don't actually have them. Um, and I do believe that that would be considered confidential. Is it okay? Because sometimes good ideas are shared. Yeah. Um, can inspire. I'm looking for inspiration. If we're not a winner of the grant, mm -hmm. can we glean inspiration from other successful applicants? Or are we just well, there there are some, you know, on the on the uh, website and the link to yourtowndesign.org. There are some um, there's background information and, and information about former projects and successful workshops and descriptions of the workshops that took place. But in terms of the actual application, I I don't think those are available. Um, hi, uh, Joan Arnold from um, Northern Westchester County in New York. Hi. I, I'm very new to this process, but it, it really generated a lot of um, excitement in the community. So um, what I wanted to uh, to note, I guess, first of all, is you're saying that the info questions, um, the questions to that email address did not go through or not here, not going to be addressed? The community matters. Yes, yes, the community matters one. That today is is not happening. You would have to use C uh, Horose, C H O R O S E at Orton dot org. Okay. Um, I guess what I will start by asking is that this this particular town, um, the last master plan was done in eighty five, nineteen eighty five, and. What we're wondering is if if this was successfully funded or used, if the work the final work product could be um, used, could be professional enough, could be a substantial work product to be part of the master plan on that part of the community. That's a good question. Um, I think that's up to the community itself. It's or up to someone in the community to take the outcomes, the products, um, the learnings, the concepts, et cetera, from the workshop and formulate that into something that can be inserted into the master plan. Um, there is a report re report writing requirement um, as part of the, of the session for the workshop. How robust that can be, how the community wants to use that document or shape it is kind of open for discussion with them. But it's not something that CIRD is not charged with doing that. We're helping to facilitate the writing of a report um, that will be of use to the community. All right. Thank you. Okay. We're going to go back to the Google Doc for now. Um, but if you do want to come in, this is, a, this is an open call. Uh, Cynthia, um, let me see, Margaret from Florida was uh, wondering uh, whether the project coordinator or contact needs to be from the same agency as the applicant. Um, if the partner was the coordinator, that would be that would be fine if the project was selected. So um, it's sort of like the application is one thing and the actual coordination of the workshop is, a, is kind of a different Different piece. Um, so someone can be, you know, applying for this, um, and then whoever is then actually helping to coordinate the workshop 
Um, it could be two different people. They're just, you know, as we said in the answer, we just need to know who we're dealing with, and that person has to be kind of really available and, and, and able to work with us in a very sort of purpose and intense way for a short period of time in order to get the workshops to happen. So there's also... Um, we understand that people go on vacation and they have babies and they go to Europe and they, you know, we understand that. So that we always need to have, you know, one or two people that we can, that will pick up the phone when we call, and especially when we're planning the workshops. And that that person, everyone needs to be kind of up to speed with what the purpose is, what their, what their, what their application was about and what they're hoping to achieve in the workshop. So it's just about, um, consistency and also kind of streamlining the, the path of communication between CIRD and the successful uh, applicant selected community. Thank you. Um, there's a question about uh, if someone is allowed to combine letters of support into one file uh, to submit more than uh, five letters. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so, like, we said five letters because, you know, we, we're, we're only human and there's only so many letters that we can sort of read through, so we kind of said five because for some people that might be a stretch, for other people five is not nearly enough, they have a lot more, so we're kind of taking the average, the five best ones, um, would be great. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can add more and, um. We'll, we'll try to get to them, but uh, we can only guarantee that we'll read five. Let's put it that way, uh, just because we want to give the same amount of attention to each application, and we just kind of thought five was a good was a good number. Um, that doesn't mean to say that those well, those folks, if they're writing you a letter of support, you know, we're hoping that we see them later on at the workshop or as a resource person or as someone who's kind of helping with your in-kind contribution. Um, so they're very important to have, and having a lot of support is great, um, whether or not, you know, we, we write a letter. The question is, are you, is the, is the caller asking about the technical issue of uploading multiple files, or is it about adding more letters of support? That's what I'm not sure about. I'm not sure that caller can come on. It sounds like it's adding more letters of support um, it, it, because uh, the grant only guarantees that five letters will be read, so they wanted to combine some of them. I, I'm the caller, um, and, and it wasn't a technical question. Mm -hmm. It was about whether you would consider more than five. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> I have one tag along, Joan Arnold from Northern Westchester. Some of our support letters are coming in the form of email. Is that okay? Um, I, that's a technical question. I'm thinking yes. Um, I don't know. I haven't. I don't know how you. Um, if, right. if you can upload them or you can put them all in a Word doc, That's you know, what kind I'm of thinking is yeah. finding them all on one or two pages. Pages in a Word doc. Yeah. 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 
Certainly. Okay. That's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, we will continue to move on. We have an eligibility question. Uh, this is from Jonathan, and he writes, I want to clarify eligibility. My nonprofit is currently underway with a regional project that covers 11 countries and three Native American reservations and wanted to utilize CIRD for visioning uh, with our local communities. However, our project area has a little over 100,000 residents. This is because the one metropolitan area in our region has nearly 80,000 residents alone. Can we still qualify for the CIRD design grant? Uh, I think so. It's about how you kind of parse it out to to not go over that 50,000 um, population limit. Um, and also, you know, we're going to be doing one two-and-a-half-day workshop, so you're going to have to figure out one location to have everyone come to. And we are really – we have – I don't think we've been specific about this, but we're really looking at – the workshops having between 30 and 40 or maybe 45 people. Here I said not to be more than, you know, less than 50. So it looks like in order to do this, Jonathan, you would really have to take a really good sampling and have like teams of people from the counties and the, and the reservations to come. That it would be sort of more of a, you know, you'd have like two or three people from each jurisdiction or each community. Um, applying if you wanted to do that, or you could drill down really deeply into one. Um, it's always good. I always like looking at typologies. I always like looking, and this program is all about what can be replicated, what what kinds of um, elements, aspects, appeal or reflect a, a, a much broader population. So if there's, if there's like one perfect um, community or county or area that is really reflective of some of the design challenges facing other people reflected in terms of demographics. It's like the perfect composite. You might want to go with that if it exists because then you can pull things apart that are replicable and applicable to other communities. Um, it's really kind of up to you how to do that, but it's the 50,000 max population, it's one place for the location, it's a limited number of of, um, of workshop participants, um, but, you know, there's, I think there's creative ways that you can, you can address that. Oh, and may I break in, just because I, it's relevant, uh, my question's relevant to what you were just saying, this is sure. Jen Caruso, I'm from the Access Community Action Agency in Willimandic. Uh, Wyndham, Connecticut, which is the quiet corner, the northeast corner of Connecticut, <laughs> which is also a nat uh, national uh, historic something corridor. I'm missing a word. Go ahead, Jeff. At any rate, <laughs> um, I'm just I'm I'm curious about, and it, and it may have been answered in uh, previous meetings. This is my first meeting, but I've been following along through my partners. Um, um, the, the question of workshop design. It, what if, um, through your plan, uh, the local planning committee believes that given the population and the particular design challenges that we face 
and the other challenges we face that four, you know, five four-hour sessions make better sense than a one, two-and-a-half-day session. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I will say that in the past, the workshop has been uh, one two-and-a-half-day session. Um, part of the reason being that we really want people's full and undivided attention for a focused, concentrated period of time. The other reason is that we have uh, resource people and participants mm-hmm. and um, staff, and I want to call it's not it's speakers and faculty, we're calling them resource people that may be coming from other parts of the country that won't be able to come four times. We're not able to fund them for do that. Yep. to do the four trips. Um, I think the two and a half days can be a kickoff to something where then the community and the city starts having their own forums, okay. um, you know, on a weekly basis or monthly basis or, you know, a salon or, this, or online discussions, kind of continuing the work. Yes. I think would be a really great idea if you if you all are already thinking about we can do this four weeks in a row, five weeks in a row, four hours a night. Um, I think you could actually move much more quickly towards um, implementation. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. There's a broader, there's a whole uh, sort of river of activity going on, and this mm-hmm. just happens to fit perfectly in it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we are flexible yeah. with other things like, for example, weekends. Um, versus weekdays, right. um, evening events, open houses, public things, private things, okay. um, you know, just, it's just in terms of because um, we are, PPS is running the CIRD. We're also, you know, a non-profit organization as in Orton, and we have other, fortunate other projects and other clients and things in other places. So it's about also maximizing our time and efficiency as well. And, and sorry, there's a part B, real quick, hopefully, um, which is um, the the um, the selection of resource people. Mm-hmm. Um, is it uh, you all bring in your people, or can we suggest some key people based on certain key design challenges we're facing? Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanted to, pardon me, say, well, what do you think we're going to do? It's collaborative. Um, we would never, you know, say we're going to give you this, this stipend and then we're going to tell you who's going to come to your town. It's, we're going to work on it together. We yeah. have um, part of this the program, you know, we have resources nationally, people that we've worked with, people that we all know, people that are really, really fabulous in terms of addressing a lot of these issues that we will um suggest and and um offer. Yep. Um if but if you have fabulous resource people or a university or faculty or nonprofits that are doing great work that you would like to involve, yeah. we're absolutely open to it. Um that's kind of part of the fun and <laughs> to the application is that and the selection process happens. That's when we start having a good time. And we start kind of crafting um and really honing in on what the workshop is going to be. So that's that's all part of the conversation. The only caveat is that whoever we um, collectively um, nominate or, or, or want to invite as resource people, 
for the workshop uh, has to be approved by the NEA. So we have to get their bio and their CV and some information and put their names forth, which is usually um, not a difficult process. It's all part of the um, public record, figured information. I'm talking about things I'm not exactly sure about. Um, just the way that, you know, the government works in an open, transparent process. Thank you very much. So if it's your brother-in-law or, <laughs> or your aunt, but they're brilliant and wonderful, that's not to say we can't have your aunt do it as long as the NEA approves your aunt. Um, no, but that's, that's part of our collaborative, you know, engagement. Questions? Yes. I have a question. Can you hear me? Why don't you go ahead, because I think we answered the Michaels and, and Bonnie's there. We have a few more budgeting and some more resources. But, but go ahead. Who's that? This is Susan from North Carolina, Western North Carolina, the mountains. Um, I'm calling about or asking about um, the ideas about a public engagement event. Is that net, that was uh, question two in, I think, number six. Um, do you mean uh, to start the conference or to end the conference, or is this, before the workshop, and if you answer that, then give me some ideas about what you mean by a public engagement event. Um, we're thinking that in the past, and we've been having conversations about this, that a public engagement process actually at the beginning and at the end would be really a fun thing to do so that we get the community together to kind of engage in an exercise to get kind of a sense of what the 35 to 45 people are going to be doing for the next two days. They get a chance to, um, you know, be engaged in the process, contribute ideas, um, and then there's the two-day workshop, and then we're even thinking that the end of the second day is kind of an open house. We bring people back to see what's been going on in the workshop for the prior two days. Uh, are you saying that you would have the public engagement event for the non-participants. Yes, the public engagement event okay. is for the larger community. Okay, gotcha. So you could have 300 people come in because uh, only 45 get, you know, are going to, or 40 are going to go through the program, and uh, then the 40 can present back to the 300 neighbors, you know, that afternoon. Yeah, it's a public engagement for non non-participants. Yeah, yeah. And a way of spreading the word and getting people excited and getting the message out beyond just you know, the, the folks yeah. that are actually in the room. Have you, uh, as part of the workshop, taken people on field trips? Absolutely. Love okay. field trips. Field trips are great. Yeah. Okay. They want it to be as interactive as possible. The last okay. thing that's going to happen, the last thing that's going to happen is that people are going to next year. Two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. Yeah. We're planning this. Very good. Thank you, Susan. And Cynthia, it's, um, we're about halfway through now. We're going to say, uh, keep this call open for another half hour. Uh, we have um, a couple of more questions on the Google Doc. You can add to them. Or if for any reason you're having trouble with the Google Doc, you can email uh, Caitlin at choros, C-H-O-R-O-S-E at Orton.org. If you're having any issues, it sounds like we're doing pretty good with uh, staying on mute or coming off mute. Of course, you uh, press pound six if you have a question. 
Um, back to the Google Doc. Uh, this is uh, an anonymous question from North Carolina. Will the workshop include navigating regulatory and political headwaters, as well as differences in aesthetic preferences, to develop a common visual identity that defines our region? The answer is it will if you want it to. Um, part of the application asks for, in a number of places, asks for your project concept, asks you to tell us what issues you're dealing with, what you'd like the workshop to focus on. Um, certainly, navigatory, uh, regulatory and political headwaters has been an issue sort of across the board for many years, you know, in terms of um, everything from getting local municipal authorities involved to state authorities and, and other government agencies. So that's, that's kind of in the obstacle category. Um, Differences in aesthetic preferences to develop a common visual identity. That's very interesting. I really would like to unpack that. Um, those are, I don't think they're related. I think there's just kind of two ideas that people want to talk about. So the workshop could probably um, address both. But again, how you, you perceive us, how you perceive that problem and those particular issues really needs to be described in the application. Um, I mean, we can talk about the weather for two days if that's what you'd like to if there's a design challenge with regard to the weather. It's really, that's, the application is about you communicating to us so that we're in a position to provide you with the most relevant resources, the most relevant material, the best possible resource people and, and speakers, and um, really make it work for you. So. Well, um, that was my question. This is Susan Larson and, um, in North Carolina again. And um, I uh, would like to clarify that I don't uh, know that we will have great differences when we come to the workshop time, but I can imagine that people do have different preferences and that um, we will need to take that into account as we work towards a common goal. That's all. I'm just, I'm trying to see, it seems to me that having um, an outside group help us with that would be beneficial to the area. Yeah. So that's all. It's not a, it's, 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 it's not a problem at this point. In fact, we've had nothing but smooth sailing up to this point. It's just that when we finally come to actually doing the project, I can see that, that one person might what, like blue and one person might like yellow, and who knows? You know, how are we going to make those decisions? Essentially, that's the question. Well, we, we may not get down to that level of detail during mm -hmm. the workshop, but hopefully we'll come up with, help you with a broad enough vision that kind of guides you in terms of making those decisions. Yeah, we, we find that when the discussion falls apart over the type of pavers or light fixtures or, you know, people are arguing over the mm -hmm. style of bollards, you've gotten off track. And we okay. kind of need to pull back and go back up to the bigger picture and think about what we want to, you know, what you want to achieve um, and see whether, you know, blue or yellow are even the right colors. So even if there is a color, just kind of keeping that conversation from devolving into 
not detailed, but things that people, people can really get off track of something that is, is a bigger picture. We always try to bring people back to the bigger picture, especially when we work to create kind of a consensus vision. It's, it's a really good way of facilitating those okay. more kind of gnarly discussions. Excellent. I like the word consensus vision. That's exactly where we've been, and I hope we can go. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Susan, and, and thank you, Cynthia, for those of you that might not have picked up on this. Cynthia McKeaton from the Project for Public Spaces is our fabulous expert today uh, with these questions. Uh, I'm going to go on to budget and matching funds. Um, again, uh, after this next question, if somebody has another burning question, this is an open forum. Uh, feel free to uh, take yourself off mute and chime in. I would like to um, ask, uh, this is a question from Roger B. in New York. Uh, if we believe that the workshop we would like to plan might cost more than 14000 how do we incorporate that possibility into the budget outline? Or do we just assume a workshop scale that will just cost the amount of 14000 We are prepared to solicit the community for more funds to cover additional costs. Yeah, this is, um, this is sort of both uh, technical and uh, more about content. Um, my best guess, I mean, my and, and I can actually confirm this with, with my colleagues, is that there's um, the budget template has three sheets, and the third sheet is called the um, it's called the explanation uh, third set, budget explanation sheet. And I think that if your numbers go over 14,000 and um, you just put that in the budget explanation sheet, I think I think that should cover it. Um, if I get more updated information, I'll let you know. I, and maybe I'm getting updated information now. Um, okay. So um, that's what I think. So you know, we we're thinking that it's a $7,000 match, a $7,000 stipend. But, I mean, if you want to, you know, invite Richard Florida to your town for this workshop, and he could day rate raise probably about $15,000. I'm just guessing. But you've got to have Richard Florida there, your prerogative, and you want to add that in, then you would put, you would put Richard Florida. That's an explanation sheet. Um, this goes if you want more research people, if you want a national expert, um, if you want to... Um, you know, rent a room at the Ritz Hotel, that's kind of up to you. We just kind of need to know where that is. And then, obviously, for those additional items, how you're going to match, because you're getting $7,000 as a stipend from CIRD. Um, so the rest is kind of up to you. We don't want to limit what you do. We don't want to limit, you know, um, the scope of the workshop in, in, in terms of dollars, just that the one-to-one match is a um, usual and accepted kind of NEA and federal grant ratio. But, you know, if, if you want Elton John, I'm like, I'll, I'm down with that. That's great. It's really not for us to limit you, and I am just thinking that the budget explanation sheet is a place to, um, to put more of that information I would also like to know, I mean, I'm just making it up. I'm just assuming that you want fabulous resource people, but there might be other things that you'd like to spend extra money on. So I'd like to know, you know, in that explanation sheet what it what it is. Because that tells us 
what we might be missing, you know, is if we're providing a lot of different, you know, services and, and resource people and but there's other stuff that we miss that the, the stipend should be funding, you know, that would be a way of communicating to us just other things that, you know, you're not including in it that we might have overlooked. So I think the budget explanation sheet again is about the dialogue. Um and you can let us know that these things are more expensive than CIRB anticipated, and this is where it is. You know that, so that that can inform us also as we move forward into the next years about how we adjust um, the budget and and recommending allocation of funds. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna continue on with a couple more budget questions, but I, I know uh, Jean just added a question. You're all welcome to add questions uh, to the Google Doc if you uh, wish, and and don't want to come online, we'll get we'll get back to you. Um, but I'm just going to continue with these uh, two more budget questions that are in the Google Doc. One is wondering, uh, this is Jenny, is wondering if all the money has to be worked uh, used on this workshop. And she would also love some examples of other workshops. Uh, yes, the funding is for the workshop. And um, not only is information on prior workshops found on the yourtowndesign.org website, but we were very fortunate to have on our February 7th call um, Shelly Maston, and Shelly was the former co-director of the Citizens Institute on Rural Design for 20 years. And Shelly, in that document, which um, there's a link to in, in the current document, um, talks about all kinds of different workshops and projects, and they're, I can read them, there's like seven. Um, redesign of public plazas and need revitalization. That was in Taos, New Mexico, and Pendleton, South Carolina. Walkability, uh, Douglas, Michigan, cut off by a highway through town. Talked about walkability, a coal mining community in Elkhorn City, Kentucky, was cut off from its riverfront. They designed new connections in the community. Um, heritage tourism was the theme of the workshop in Bitterroot Valley, Montana. The focus was to build a trail and strengthen community identity. A uh, town in uh, Oahu, Hawaii, the workshop was focused on how to bring back a six-block area of downtown with design and aesthetics in mind. Curbing small franchise development in Middleburg, Virginia, introducing design guidelines um, to determine what compatible development looks like. And projects that are really about art, murals, galleries, musical art, dance, how do you see arts to foster community identity. So if you take the link back to the February 7th call, um, there's a lot of information from Shelly about some of these other workshops um, and what, um, you know, what, what, was, what took place in them. YourTownDesign.org, I think, does have some descriptions, and we have some on the CIRD website. Um, so I hope that helps. Thank and you. There's, and there's a podcast. Oh, yeah, there's a podcast. You can actually hear Shelly talk about it in her own words. Yeah, that just popped up on the uh, the Google Doc. We have a link um, uh, to the original document and the podcast, so that's terrific. Uh, one more, uh, another budget question. Uh, we are a uh, nonprofit economic development partnership run by a volunteer. We have two staff members. Their salary is paid by donations from local businesses and a grant by EDA and USDA. 
Our staff will be preparing the materials and organizing the workshop. Will their time be eligible for an in-kind match? I have been informed by our, our clients at the NEA that the answer, unfortunately, is no. Um, federal funding, federal funds can't match federal funds. So, now the part that's paid by donations from local businesses, yes, I would say yes. Um, but the part of the salary sponsored or funded by a grant by EDA and USDA would be no. That gets kind of tricky in terms of numbers and figuring out how much of a person's salary is paid by one group versus another, or it may not be a problem. That might be perfectly clear, in which case you just need to clarify that. Um, that the non-federal portion is um, eligible for the match, but the federal portion of their salary will not be. Okay. Thank you. Tricky, tricky one. Tricky. I'm so glad I don't have to figure that, <laughs> figure that out. That's like, that's a lot of math. But that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Jean uh, just wrote in from Boston. Uh, she asks, our potential partners, business and municipal, are busy dealing with warrant articles for the upcoming town meeting. Must we have their letters of commitment to submit the application, or can we outline our plans for the partnership? They want to participate but are unable to be involved in the pre-planning at this time. Um... Well, there's a commitment. Um, we're not really accepting materials after the deadline, after March 5th. Um, that's kind of hard and fast. And part of the reason why we put the application, we launched the application in early, what was it, February 7th? Is that, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting. <laughs> it's a long time ago. February 7th, I think, is when we released it and we and we launched the website, was to give everybody, um, you know, just about a month to pull this together and to talk to partners and get their letters of support um, in time. So, um, you know, whatever whatever you can get from them, you know, or what, however you want to present their participation, um, that's that's fine. Oh, it was January 7th, Ariana says, not February 7th. <laughs> so it's, mm-hmm. that's been a while. Yeah, thank you, Ariana. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was two months. Two months to, um, in order to, uh, provide plenty of opportunity to do that. Um, I have a quick question following up on, um, the, the matching federal, federal funds, not matching federal funds, which, um, I'm familiar with, but, I just want to check that if you're an agency that, let's say, you know, whatever, you have a mixed diverse funding, although there's a, a huge part of it that is federal, some state, whatever, what have you, and your planning department is actually paid out of administration, so it's paid out of the administrative administration rate, which gets charged across the board to all funding sources. <sighs> Uh, does that wash it of its federalness? You see what I, I'm I, yeah, I can't answer that question. I'm, I'm just uh, maybe my my colleagues can. I'm, I'm I don't work for a federal agency. I'm not in a federal agency, so uh, 
that's a quite nuanced. Um, perhaps Caitlin can, can add that question in, and we can shoot that to uh, send that off to our um, our NEA um, client and get and, and update this document in the next day or two, and have more of um, an answer for you. Yeah, and just yeah. to sort of summarize it, because I realized I, was, I used too many words. The question is. Um, can uh, general administrative funds uh, count as match in an organization that has uh, mixed funding, which includes federal? I'm going to say probably. But what we'd like you to do is to send your email question to, to Caitlin directly. Mm-hmm. And we will follow up offline, and we'll we'll talk to Jamie Hand at NEA, and just make sure that I'm giving you the right. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Again, uh, Caitlin's uh, email is C H O R O S E C Horose. Again, C H O R O S E at Wharton dot org. Uh, for some of these questions or if something didn't get answered. Uh, we, um, we are going to open up again. We have about ten more minutes um, or eight more minutes, and I'll do a little conclusion. But uh, if anybody has some questions or even advice for some, some of the questions that, that came in, um, maybe somebody has an idea how, how Jean can uh, twist the arm of some of the folks that need to write letters of commitment. Um, so if there are other issues, uh, please bring them forth. I guess I, I, I'm going to circle in on this question that will go back to Caitlin about, um, I guess it's planning staff that gets paid by, um, it, it, I'm not sure if it's a pass-through from HUD or what, but it's, it's part of it is community development block grants and um, whether some of that staff time can be used as a match, and I'm very unclear about that. I'm not really clear where all of their salary comes from, frankly. Mm-hmm. Probably some is administrated, but so I guess that's a case. Yeah, I think so, and we're... When we um, when we send the call summary information to our colleagues at the NEA, we'll, we'll ask them this. Do you have other sources of of matching? Yeah, yeah. To? But um, if that just kind of came up that um, yeah, with um, you know, the planning staff that the plan, the, the, the uh, commissioner yeah. of planning for the county would have said, "Oh, here's your team." I said, "Oh, that's wonderful." And now I'm about that. Well, they also, the other thing is that with their match, and, you know, it's, do they have time, you know, to work on it if their salaries yeah. are being paid by other agencies to do other things, what is their, you know, time availability? Right. Well, something, there's some, some uh, project that's called Westchester 2025 mm-hmm. that will allow, that I don't think, I do not think that's federal, but um, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the housing. Hello? So we're getting a little bit of 
feedback, uh, somebody might be um, go back on mute. Hello? Go, go, go ahead. Well, the other issue is part of the part of the, uh, their funding comes from a housing settlement. Good. And a court settlement. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure where that comes from. It's probably Westchester County. I would walk these dogs in five minutes. All right. Yeah. I have a quick question, though. I hear you walking your dog. Oh, I thought I'd hear you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're welcome to join me. Um. <laughs> the, um, uh, oh, goodness, I lost my train of thought. Uh, match. Um, oh, goodness gracious. And it, was a, it was actually an important question. <laughs> oh, it'll come back to me. Oh, it, 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 it always does. And you can also email Caitlin if it comes back to you at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes. And you should vote upright. You know, we, we're not going anywhere. You know, we're... we're oh, just, I know. Just be, yeah, go ahead. Um, whether... Uh, can, an, or can a partner provide a letter of commitment citing resources that are pending? Yes. So it really comes down to the contracting point. Yeah. Um, what you have in hand at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Any any other questions or comments in the uh, the few minutes we have left here? Uh, Joan Arnold again from Westchester. Um, just a, a question uh, in the process, in the planning of the, the pre-planning and the planning of these workshops, you know, there's a lot of different architects, local architects, and I'm just wondering at what point do you uh, put them into the pot or wait? Um, you are welcome to invite them to be, you know, one of your participants at the workshop. Um, you, I would personally, I would, I would think about providing them with the information that comes out of the workshop um, as a way of sort of. You're developing a program for a project for a plan for improvements, and what comes out of the workshop can actually be the scope of work or the RFP or um, a document that you use to shape the proposal asking architects to apply to actually do the design. Right. Um, so they can come to the meeting, yes, but also I think the what comes out of the workshop, the community can use to actually solicit an appropriate architect and say, this is what we did, this is the idea, the concept, this is where we're headed, you know, how would you help us get to where we need to go? And use that as the basis for either evaluating architect's proposals or de divine, uh, uh, developing the, the request proposals or the request for qualifications. Perfect. Can I ask you all a question? Hello? I will, I, oh, you have a question? Yes. Yes, I do. This is Karen Genazi from Encourage Community Foundation in Wisconsin Rapids. Um, when you talk about your resource people and you are saying that um, you offer suggestions for potential resource people, does that include, does that get into the level of architects and landscape designers and, and that, or are you 
what kind of resource people are you referring to as far as who you're who you're recommending? Um, it's practitioners in the field of rural design, and um, it's it's not a huge field, um, not yet. Um, I think we we have kind of a running list that they do include architects and landscape architects, as well as academicians, as well as researchers, um, as well as community development specialists. They're people that are not necessarily working in one place, but but professionals that have worked across in many communities around uh, the United States. So they have kind of a broader national perspective. Okay. If your project is something where you specify, you know, we really need a landscape architect, that's perfectly fine. You know, we can work together mm-hmm. to identify one. If you have local landscape architects that you would like to come and participate in the workshop and maybe help with some of the design exercises and, and mm-hmm. the diagrammatic things, that's a great that's a great resource to contribute as well. Um, we all, you know, we also know Project for Public Spaces if you go to our website, pps.org. No architect or landscape architect can create a great place for your community and can mm-hmm. give you a plan and give you a vision. Architects and landscape architects and planners like myself are resource people, we're facilitators, and we help you implement. But mm-hmm. it's really up to the community and your partners to create the vision and create the place that's going to be sustainable economically, socially, environmentally, financially into the future. We are resources to do that. I mean, just hiring, I don't know, Frank Gary is going to come in and design, right. you know, this great performing arts center, and that's going to make our community a great place. Isn't going to happen for way too many reasons that I'm not going to go into, but that's not the answer. So we, you know, this is not how the architecture field sees itself Mm -hmm. as in service to a community, but that's how we see design professionals. Great. And so, um, sort of the the let's call them the the trailblazers, so that uh, people leading the community economic development finance. Mm -hmm. George, mm-hmm. if we have a special someone, say at UN, University of New Hampshire's Kersey Institute, mm-hmm. who we want to pull down, that that would be as beneficial to any of your other projects as well. Oh, absolutely! That's a great idea. Yeah, they may become someone who's relevant to a number of other workshops, and we just take them on a yes. we take them on tour. <laughs> yes. The finance, the finance piece is what I find to be sorely lacking in our community's understanding of what's possible. Hmm. And are you going to hopefully put that in your application? Yes. Okay. We sure are. That really helps us. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Why not? Then that, you know, opens them up, that person up to a whole new range of possibilities and gives us another resource person that we can, you know, well, you know, the goal is to create this community of practice, yes. you know, of, of like-minded people that are working on similar or related or complementary issues in around the country that may be sort of isolated from one another or may feel, you know, like a, a 15-year-old that you're the only person in the world having these feelings and you're all by yourself. So we kind of want to break through that and really have, an, have a 
I create really a, a, a national network of people that can that can communicate information to one another, which is why we've got the, the Twitter site and the Facebook and the website, and we're trying to build that that social network so that you all can actually learn and interact with each other. You know, and we're kind of helping to facilitate that in these in these days. But really, it's it's something that. We hope kind of spins off and, and, and has a parallel life of, it, of its own, um, in addition to being part of, you know, the CIRD work. Cynthia, we are out of time, and I know that you had a question you wanted to ask everybody. I'm not sure how that might work, um, if you want to float it, and I can give just some contact information. That would be great, and it's this is kind of... Um, you don't have to answer, but we, we're interested, and maybe it's too soon to tell, um, how we can make the application better, um, how we can improve this process. If there's questions, I mean, part of the FAQ was to give you a chance to ask us questions about things that you didn't understand with the application. Um, but just kind of, I don't exactly know how to, to structure it, but general feedback on I know you're in the middle of it. Your process of doing this application, if there's things that we can do in the future to clarify, um, someone once told me that they really didn't understand at one point that the, that the funding was for workshops, which I thought was really fundamental. <laughs> you didn't get that point. We're not communicating it correctly. Um, so just if you have a chance at some point and you want to give us some, some positive, constructive criticism about about how to make the application um, process either, you know, I don't know, easier, clearer, whatever. We, we would really like that, and we don't exactly have a mechanism for asking you that except me doing it right now. So if I come up with a better way of doing it formally, I will, but just if uh, you would all do us the, the courtesy of kind of giving us a bit of an evaluation and letting us know how we, your suggestions for making the application either clearer, more effective, um, and this whole process works better in the future. That would be great. I have one suggestion. It kind of freaks me out that you can't go into the application and, and do work on it and save it and then go back and see yeah. that. Yeah. That's like freaking me out a lot. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, um, yeah. That's, there's a big one right there. That's a, yeah, that's a big one. Um, we uh, we promised just to keep this to an hour. Uh, so, Cynthia Nikitin, thank you so much for all of your incredibly valuable um, information and work on this. Uh, she is, of course, in the Project for Public Spaces. Um, you can uh, probably get get in touch with her, or you can email other comments um, to Orton. Um, through Caitlin at C Horo C H O R O S E at Orton.org. I want to thank Caitlin for arranging this call. Also for Ariana McBride for being in the background and making sure things happen well. Uh, I want to thank all of you who called in today with your smart questions. You can visit rural-design.org uh, that website for more insight into this. The podcasts are on the communitymatters.org website, um, and there are also these call notes uh, that have been taken on the Google Doc will be emailed around um, and posted online. I want to wish you all great good fortune and um, 
hopefully you won't stay up until the wee hours finishing this up, but good luck to you all. It's been an interesting process for me. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you again, Cynthia. Thank mm -hmm. you. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Best of luck, everyone, and thank you for participating in this process.